Dear saints of God, a blessed new year to you, as well as a Merry Christmas. Today, as we noted before the service, is eight days after Christmas. So it was that about 2,015 years ago, give or take a year, on this day, Joseph and Mary took the infant Savior to the temple where he was circumcised and given officially his name, Jesus, because he would save his people from their sin. Thirty-two days after this, the Holy Family would go back to the temple. That's where the events that happened in our gospel text unfolded. When the requirements of the law had the mothers at the temple 40 days after the child was born. The prayer of Simeon, the prophecy of Anna, and all of these events occurred then. Perhaps it was after this time uh, that the wise men then would visit Jesus in the home that Joseph had secured in Bethlehem for the Holy Family. They were then warned by the angel to flee, and so they traveled to Egypt where they stayed until the death of Herod, and the angel told them to come back when they did and returned to Nazareth. I would like, though, this morning, instead of considering the epistle text, or instead of considering the gospel text, to consider the epistle text from Galatians chapter 4, where Paul is talking about Christmas to the Galatians, and he's telling them what Christmas means, why Christmas matters. In fact, uh, St. Paul is there giving the law and the gospel of Christmas, and I think it's appropriate. I did a, a little survey I started it when we were down in Albuquerque this week, and I continued it this morning, and it was a pretty simple survey. I asked this question, well, what do you think of 2011? (laughs) And I had to stop the survey short, because for many of you, 2011 was a particularly difficult year. When we think back on the year past, we think of all the troubles that we've had, all the sorrows, all the loss, all the pain sickness, suffering, and all of this sort of thing. It's why it's wonderful and marvelous that we're here in the Lord's house on the first day of 2012 to hear His Word. And you know what His Word says to to sinners? His Word says that you are forgiven. And it says that you are free. That's the word that Paul was... uh, was preaching to the Galatians. Here's the background of Galatians, a little refresher on the epistle before we get to the text in chapter 4. In every one of St. Paul's letters, he has 13 epistles uh, that we have in the New Testament. In every single one of them, he'll begin his letters with a greeting and then with a thanksgiving, praising the church that he's writing to or the person that he's writing to for the gifts that God has given to them. Every single one of his epistles, except for Galatians. In Galatians, Paul skips the thanksgiving and the praise altogether. He greets the Galatians and then he jumps right to into the criticism. I marvel, says Paul, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Galatians 1.6 The Galatians had heard the preaching of Paul. They had believed the gospel. The Holy Spirit had converted them, had made them Christians, had had established the church there. And Paul had left. And as soon as Paul left, the false teachers came in and began their work of destruction. In this case, the false teachers were the Judaizers. They followed behind Paul really everywhere he went and preached a false gospel. You heard Paul talk about the grace of God, they would say. This is the Judaizers. You heard Paul talk about God's grace. Well, that's all good. That's a good start. 
But Paul didn't tell you everything. We still have circumcision. We still have all the commandments of Moses. We still have to fulfill all of the laws given under the First Testament. You have to keep these as well. You have to be Jewish, in fact, before you can become a Christian, they said. These Judaizers, like all of the very worst false teachers in all of the world, are masters at one art, and that is mixing up the law and the gospel. They come to present, and this is why the Judaizers are so appealing to the Galatians. They come to present to them a more serious Christianity. A more serious keeping of the law. A more rigorous attention to God's commandments. But their version of Christianity is not Christianity at all. It's simply a new legalism. It's the gospel and the law mixed up. And the the gospel cannot be sustained. It's like mixing water and poison. You don't have water anymore. You have poison. The same is true when you mix the law with the gospel. And Paul knows it. That's why Paul writes with such vigor and seriousness in this letter. In fact, Paul says some of the harshest words that he ever pens later in chapter 1. He writes this, If we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you that we have, than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That is as strong of a language that Paul can use. And for this reason, Paul knows that if these dear saints in Galatia lose the gospel, that they lose everything. Here's Galatians 5, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. That's what's at stake. Losing their salvation. And look, they're they're not going to lose their salvation because they committed some sort of great sin. They're going to lose their salvation because they begin to trust in their good works. Because they begin to trust in their religious activities. No, says Paul. We have justification by faith. We have righteousness by grace and grace alone. In fact, the next verse in chapter 5 lays this out beautifully. It's the verse that we print on the bulletin every single Sunday, right on the bottom. We've been doing it for so long, you probably forgot that it's even there. Galatians 5, verse 5. We, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. If we're going to be righteous... If we're going to possess the righteousness that God requires, it will not be by works of the law, but by faith. Jesus will be the Savior, not you. And this is what Paul is teaching and urging on the Galatians. So it is in verse chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, the text printed in your bulletin. We see Paul unfolding this teaching with a marvelous clarity. And he's making this simple point. The birth of Jesus matters. Here's the text. Verse 1. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is owner of everything, but he's under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. Paul uses a household image here, but not a household image that we're used to. A household filled with with workers, slaves, children, masters, teachers, etc. 
And he says that the children and the slaves look the same when they're growing up. They're both obedient to the master. They both do what they're told, etc. But there's a difference. The slave will always be a slave, but the child, the heir, will one day take owner, ownership and will manage the house. The child will one day be free. So Paul continues, verse 3. In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. This is life under the law. Life in the bondage of our sinful flesh. This, this, this verse here is Paul describing how all of us were born. The, the sin that we inherited from our parents, from Adam. And inheriting with sin also the devil and God's wrath and hell. We inherited from Adam a slavery, a bondage to sin and corruption and the world. That's what Paul means, enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. And from this sin and from this bondage, we cannot free ourselves. We were born slaves and will remain slaves. There's nothing we can do to get out of it. The debt is too big. The price we owe is too high. But then something amazing and wonderful happens. Verse 4. This is the verse or the verses that the children recited for us on Christmas Eve. These verses are some of the most wonderful explanation of Christmas in the Bible. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. All of us who are in the bondage the bondage of sin, who are in bondage to the devil, who are in bondage to death, we have one who was born into our condition, born into our flesh, born even into our slavery under the law so that he might set us free. There's a provision in the Old Testament that if a person is in such huge and massive debt that they have to sell themselves into slavery and their family with them, there's a provision for this person to be redeemed from their slavery. Another could come and pay their debt and could set them free from this slavery. But this person who, who sets them free, this redeemer, must be a relative of theirs. A goel in the Hebrew. A kinsman redeemer. So it is, dear saints, that Jesus becomes a man like you so that he might be your relative, so that he might be your kinsman, so that he would have the privilege of being your redeemer, so that he could set you free and give you joy and life and peace. And redeem us he does. He pays the price. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. He pays the price required to set you free, and the price is his death. And the freedom that results is a true and real freedom from sin and from death and from the devil. If the Son sets you free, says Jesus, you will be free indeed. So it is, dear saints, because of Christmas that you are no longer a slave, but a son. You have been adopted into the divine family. Listen to Paul continue, verse 4. 
When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the gospel of Christmas. Jesus makes himself our brother so that he could make us the children of God by faith. The slave has no inheritance, but the child does. And we are these children, children of God. And our inheritance? Our inheritance is life, eternal life, and the kingdom of God and the resurrection of the righteous, and the eternal joys of heaven. And Jesus has done it Himself all. It's His mercy and His kindness, not our efforts and works, that assure us of this marvelous joy to come. That is our comfort and peace. It's New Year's Day today. I think that all of us on New Year's are tempted to become little legalists. Do you know what I mean? Did you make resolutions last night? <laughs> I'm not against resolutions. In fact, I think I came up with about two dozen <laughs> yesterday as we were driving home. But let's keep in all of this some perspective and keep the law and the gospel straight. The resolution that matters, that matters for you as you look back on last year, the year of our Lord, 2011, and the, and the resolution that matters for you as you look ahead to the year of our Lord 2012 is the resolution that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made. It was the resolution of Jesus to take upon Himself your flesh and blood. It was the resolution of Jesus to take upon Himself your sin and to die in your place on the cross. It was the resolution of Jesus to keep the law perfectly for you. And what this resolution means is that no matter what, no matter what, God is your Father. Jesus is your Savior and your brother. And heaven and eternal life are yours. It's this, the resolution of Jesus, His name and His person and His work, his death, His resurrection, and His ascension. His love and mercy and promised forgiveness. It's this that matters, dear saints. This year, next year, and even to eternity. So we rejoice to begin this year in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and to know that Jesus has made us His brother and opened, us, opened to us the way of life eternal. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.